Welcome to KC Corner episode 139. 139. It's been a beautiful, beautiful cold week. Back to our weather talk. (laughs) You know, Brooks, I think this week is about as good as it gets. Yes, I mean, blue skies, crisp air, Mm -hmm. no humidity. Mm Mm-hmm. This it's, is why we live in Florida. This is B-E-A-E. Oh, yeah. Had a little high, uh, like 65, 70. Yeah. <laughs> Had the fire pit going. We actually watched the football game. Uh, Doug Meyer and Tom Reinhardt and I. Had the fire pit going, you know, mm-hmm. flipped the TV so we could oh, see yeah. it. Uh, oh, it yeah. Was... Outdoor playoff football season. That's for sure. And your Billy's got a big win. Big win. Was... Squeaked it out this Sunday. Oh, gosh. It was ugly. <laughs> they, 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 made, they made you nervous. <laughs> they did. They did. And I don't know if they can beat Cincinnati. But, hey, it's a great time of year, Brooks. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. And yeah. you're doing well. I know you had surgery and you're mending. Oh, yeah. We're, we're feeling better. So last night was – I got it done on Friday. Last night was the first time I left the house. Uh, a little, okay, little wow. hernia surgery. But we're, we're feeling better. Okay. Well, let me tell you. If you feel as good as you look, you look great. Oh, appreciate it. I appreciate it. Even <laughs> you in the know, morning. People say you have the face for radio. I don't uh-huh. know, man. I think I think it's for TV. So, anyway. yes, feeling good, feeling a go. whole lot better. And you and you made it easy on us this week because starting with our going through the Bible, you preached on the Matthew verses that we that you were know, already on this just, week. Just trying to get everybody in there. I'm yeah. doing it again this week. I'm actually Perfect. going back a little bit. But yeah, which is good. So but we we can start there. We picked up uh, from this past week with the Beatitudes of Matthew five. You know, that's where the reading starts for us. Well, I guess you could say you can start anywhere. I think you might have started in Genesis at times. But oh, yeah. Matthew we mix it up. Five. Here we have Jesus's longest recorded sermon. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's almost like, hey, Jesus in his own words. And as I said on Sunday, it, when we read the Bible and we get to the red letters where Jesus's words, we, we don't want to... Uh, magnify them over all the other words because all the words are Jesus's words, so to speak. You know, it's all God breathed. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get something that is just as amazing as this Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. was, and and even the setting, Brooks, it really, you know, Moses gave the law on the Mount, Mount Sinai. And here Jesus is really giving the gospel uh, something even greater. Uh, Moses gave us a law, but grace and, 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 and truth came through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so here on this mount, uh, which I've had the privilege of being at, um, they, the way they think it probably was, um, he gives this sermon. By the way, he gives it sitting down, which is how a rabbi would teach. You mm-hmm. know, So that's a little bit different as well. But the Beatitudes, what I love is he's basically saying this, Brooks, my people should be countercultural. I mean... I don't want them to be like the religious folks, the scribes and the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want them to be like the irreligious, you know, the Gentiles, the pagans who don't know God. So he's basically saying that this is God's call for us. And Jesus isn't saying something new here. I mean, the Old Testament, God called his people out of darkness uh, and he asked them to be different. He never wanted them to be like the other nations. I mean, that Mm -hmm. was the problem in the book of Samuel is we see that they wanted a king like the other nations. Brooks, God wants us to be different, peculiar, Mm -hmm. set apart, chosen. And with this, he gives us this upside down gospel where values are all, it's different than the American dream. It's Mm -hmm. different than the religious people think it is. It's different than the irreligious people. It's this new gospel living where it's good to hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's good to mourn after your own brokenness. It's good, you know, to be meek. And uh, some of these qualities where, you know, people think, oh gosh, you know, do you really, is it is meek a high quality or, or mourning or thirsting for righteousness? Um, 
But this is Jesus's way of living and it's the gospel way of living. And the biggest thing I think I want to say is it's countercultural. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, uh, for us to be uh, transforming agents, we got to be different. And mm-hmm. I think what Satan would love for us to do is just be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And for years, I saw the church, we tried to accommodate culture and we we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So anyway. And he sets the bar uh, extremely high for us where only he can fulfill it. Kind of drives us to grace and mercy because there's just no way that we can fulfill that uh, on our own with <laughs> us knuckleheads. Well, you know, when he says things like your Fer- your, your righteousness should exceed the Pharisees, mm-hmm. you know, and they were pretty righteous, yep. but they were self-righteous. Mm-hmm. And yet there's a whole difference between Christ's righteousness and self-righteousness. And then he's going to throw out the old, you know, hey, be perfect, like I'm perfect. You're like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I mean, how do you command us to something we cannot do? But that's something he will fulfill, which the, is beautiful. He, he sums it all up with just, guys, just be perfect. Exactly. Just Come be on. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what do you think that he's doing there? I mean, do you think he's just making him despair? I mean, what do you think he's doing? Why would he say that? I think uh, he, he drives them to himself, knowing that he, he'll fulfill the law uh, and not, not abolish it. And knowing like the, you can't hear that and be like, oh, I can, you know, if I just try harder, I can do all these things. Yeah. There, there's just no way you can think that. He's like saying, hey, here's here's the gospel law. And by the way, I give it to you and I fulfill it. And mm-hmm. as you said, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, and it's so good. And, you know, and then you get into uh, like this, what I meant to say last week is mm-hmm. that you can't serve two masters. I mean, where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I where I wanted to bore down, I, I know you had a small group last night, and you mm-hmm. guys looked at that C.S. Lewis quote, you mm-hmm. know, of, about uh, you know somebody who's playing with a mud cake who mm-hmm. can't even imagine a vacation at the beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, it's not that we desire our desires are too low; mm-hmm. they're too weak. You know, we're not. And my let me get past this rambling to say, as a pastor, really, what stirred my heart was, you know, I I, I wish we treasured Jesus more. I mean, mm-hmm. I wish that we treasured the gospel more. I mean, we are so enamored by the world, myself included. I mean, who's a recovering materialist, and I don't know how much <laughs> I'm recovering. But, you know, the beauty of who Jesus is, the beauty of what Jesus has done, the incredible enormity of, of who our God is and his word. I mean, you know, to treasure that. I mean, we're not going to treasure it apart from the Holy Spirit, but uh, it, it, it pains me of how how little sometimes we will take in of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, a thimble full, I've often said, you know, it's not, when, when we are offered this ocean of grace, mm-hmm. we sometimes mm-hmm. are just like, ah, just give me a little thimble full, give me a little shot glass full. And mm-hmm. there's so much more. Yeah, what Caleb said last night in our group, he talked about, you know, the the simple pleasures in our life, like watching sports and hanging out with friends. You know, those are like the mud pies that C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. talked about. But even I brought up like trying to be president of the United States or mm-hmm. be a billionaire. Like that's also mud pies in, in God's eyes because it's all his at the end of the day. And I think he wants us to enjoy life, but not to treasure it to the point where that's our pursuit. Mm-hmm. And, and he also deals with money, obviously, and, and uh, you know that's it's hard. Money uh, does allow us to do a lot of fun things. You know, mm-hmm. I look at your shirt, and it's never lay up. It's a <laughs> it's it's a reference of golf, you know, and how much we love golf. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you didn't have money, you wouldn't be able to play golf. And, mm-hmm. and uh, there's nothing inherently right or wrong with golf. I mean, I think you out there enjoy the beauty of God's creation. 
but what is that pursuit? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, what's your overarching? So is it first things first? And, uh, you know, and I, I talked on Sunday, narrow the focus. And I think that's what Jesus is. He's realigning the focus. Mm -hmm. He's like, Hey, it's all about the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let me, let me tell you the religious people, they don't have it right. Mm -hmm. The irreligious people, they don't have it right. I have something new for you. I'm, I'm going to call you to myself and, and, it's not the American dream. It's uh, it's something completely different. Yeah, we talked about last night, like putting so much pressure on uh, a golf round that you're looking forward to, or having the perfect vacation and planning it all out, <laughs> or, or anything like that. Yeah. It'll it'll not you, it won't be fulfilled. And keeping your eyes on the prize uh, of the kingdom will help you kind of through the ebbs and flows of life. And when you're let down, it's a great point. And you know, you say even like having the perfect vacation. I had to chuckle because I was thinking, you know. You have it all planned out and then you get stuck on I-95 in South Carolina, you know, and you're all just like ticked because oh, you yeah. can't control your own schedule. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh my gosh. And I think sometimes we really miss the beauty of consider the lilies of the field. You mm -hmm. know, listen, you know, they, they don't have to store anything up. I guess the birds of the air, they don't store anything up and the lilies of the field, they, they just, you know, they don't toil. They just are beautiful and, mm -hmm. you know, let, let God's blessing come to you and be careful. He's going to provide for you. I love this. Your heavenly father is going to provide what we need. And mm -hmm. let's not be anxious. So. Well, you talked about on Sunday. Now you're like a nature nerd as you've gotten older. You know, <laughs> yeah. notice like you'll always point out like a hawk in the tree or any birds oh, or anything yeah, like that, or any sort of wildlife. So, you know, you, you, you got to enjoy the simple pleasures in life. You, you got to. I mean, all of God's creation is telling a story. So um, you, you heard him across the across the room there. He was closing the blinds. So yeah, I wasn't like blinding his eyes so uh <laughs> anyway all right i think that was so i think so the beatitudes listen um when you read through the beatitudes and then that sermon on the mount you really are hearing jesus uh kind of a, a counter-cultural call to his people mm -hmm. but as you said brooks you know at the end we're going to fail none of us are going to live that but it's going to make us run to our messiah he did do it but still that's the standard that we live for you know mm -hmm. that's that's the 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 goal of seeking first his kingdom and this is a little more of what you meant to say, but we were talking about like the primacy of our pursuit and what we're pursuing. It made me think um, when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016, Dexter Fowler, who was their leadoff hitter, uh, gave an interview, you know, a, a month or so after. And he said, you know, we went to the parade. We won the World Series. The whole city was, you know, celebrating us. And then like three days later, he's at home with his wife and kid, like doing laundry. Oh, yeah, and yeah. it's just like, how do you come down from that? How do you what, what do you have to look forward to next? And you're kind of on to the next big thing. And, you know, the next and that was a huge thing. But, you know, God didn't make us a soul so small that the whole world would fit in it. Mm -hmm. and, uh and, and basically, you know, you can't have enough of those not to feel still empty and, and you know, and even come down from those, but, but ultimately being fulfilled in him alone. Mm -hmm, exactly. Well, we can move on to uh, Acts now. Uh, and, we, and we had a couple couple big things happen here with the apostles were arrested um, and then kind of continuing on through, through the Acts. You know, where the apostles were arrested was right there in the temple. You mm -hmm. know, it's still, uh, remember, Acts is going to be laid out where the gospel is going to go forth. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going to go forth from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, get into the earth, and that's where we go. And here you have uh, Peter and John, I um, mean, just doing this miracle in the temple. Um, and I love it, you know, hey, I don't have silver or gold. What I have, I'm going to give to you. And in the name of Jesus, I'll give you the, the healing grace that he's given me. And uh, and what a stir. I love the fact that the religious leaders couldn't deny it. It was like, <laughs> hey, we, we can't say this didn't happen. We mm -hmm. saw that guy be crippled. We mm -hmm. know who he is. They've done something. 
And what name and authority do you have here? And it's like, listen, it's the name of Jesus, the one you killed. Uh, he is the one who has this. And I love how bold they are. I love mm -hmm. how it says, hey, aren't these uneducated people? I mean, but they've noticed that they were with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And boy, do I want to be noticed that I was with Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, hey, isn't that a knucklehead? But man, he's he spent time with Jesus. And, uh, and I love the fact that the fear of men had been replaced by the awe and fear of God. Mm -hmm. And Judge for yourself, uh, Sanhedrin, should we listen to you, you bunch of big-hatted religious <laughs> folks, or should we listen to God? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, judge for yourself. We got to, you know, I know that, you know, you got some authority, but God's got the ultimate trump card, and mm -hmm. we're listening to him. They're, they were continuously told, please stop preaching. You cannot do this anymore. Yeah, and they yeah. just say right to him, like, we, we must obey God rather than yeah. men. And, and I love how he said, you got the entire city of Jerusalem in a stir. It's like, mm -hmm. yep, it's working. You know, the gospel's going out. So there it is. And ending that little section, they rejoiced that they were worthy to suffer for the Lord, which is just a, a, sight, a sight to imagine right there. Yeah. And, you know, worthy to suffer for the Lord is one of the, this, that's something you should marinate in, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, not, not worry, uh, uh, worthy to be blessed, but to suffer. Mm -hmm. And then persecution is going to come, Brooks, and it's going to scatter them. Mm -hmm. And so here we see the blessedness of persecution. I mean, it went, it went out uh, because they were being persecuted. And all of a sudden, okay, now we're going to go out to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and, uh, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then kind of going into Stephen's trial. You know, it even... Backing up, I mean, right before that, you have the appointing of the, the deacons, which mm -hmm. I love. It's it's uh, that's in Acts six, and I love it because the the it's not like the elders, the apostles were beneath serving tables, but like, hey, we got we got a ministry of word here. Mm -hmm. We need a ministry of the deed, and so let's raise up spirit filled men, and uh, they they do seven, and it just makes me think. I just love the deacons and deaconesses that God's raised up at King's Chapel, mm -hmm. and. Uh, um, but here Stephen's one of them. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny because he's kind of anointed. This is kind of funny, Brooks. He's kind of anointed. He, well, he's anointed to be a deacon, mm -hmm. a servant, but what does he do? He preaches <laughs> and man, does he preach, right? <laughs> oh yes, he does. He, he gets up there and recites the entire old Testament. Yeah. He does the redemptive the history. Whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Let me tell you, and who's he reciting it to? He's singing, he turned to the choir basically. <laughs> It's all of the religious people, and mm -hmm. he wants to show them, listen, you guys have been killing the prophets and everything that God sent, everything is dead done. You, you're stiff-necked against God people. Mm -hmm. He just goes learn? up there and spits cold, hard facts yeah, right in their face. Yeah, spits it to them. And then, <laughs> but when he gets to the fact of Jesus, who you killed, they couldn't take anymore. Mm -hmm. They're like, stone them, yep. burn them, you know? And and his his posture, even in death, the, one of the first martyrs, the, the first martyr, is a face like an angel mm -hmm. and uh, crying out like Jesus did, forgive him, you mm -hmm. know, and wow. I mean, and I love it because it says that he saw Jesus standing. Mm -hmm. And to me, Jesus was giving him a standing ovation. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus is usually sitting. Um, he sits mm -hmm. at the right hand of the Father, which is an important posture because it's victory. We talked about him sitting to teach, but he sits at the right hand of the Father. That's the authority spot, you know. That's that's the power seat, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And and the Book of Hebrews says Jesus, unlike the other high priest, he sits because his sacrifice was sufficient, mm -hmm. and he is. It's done. It worked. Mm -hmm. But here you have Jesus taken to his feet, and I don't know. I just. I just picture a standing ovation. Mm -hmm. Good job, Steve. And, and he absolutely deserves it. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> and one of those people that were persecuting Christians at the time was a man named Saul. 
who became a big part of the New Testament. Man, you know, in nine, I guess is about where we're going to land. Uh, nine is the first telling of Saul's conversion. Now, and it connects back to Stephen because you remember he was there holding the clothes. Mm hmm. You know, uh, let the guys, you know, chuck the uh, rocks a little bit with a little bit more uh, mm -hmm. without being encumbered by a, a robe. Mm -hmm. You know, he's holding... he was teaching them how to crow hop and, and <laughs> everything. Man, I hope people know what a crow hop is. That is, <laughs> that is so good. Um, but he is. And uh, but here's Saul there kind of agreeing with it. And then he's going to be a leader of the persecuting of the church, the, mm -hmm. the way I think they call it at the time. And, and then uh, um, you have this on the road to Damascus conversion story, it's going to be repeated three times in the uh, almost verbatim, mm -hmm. a little bit more detail throughout the book of Acts. But what I love about it is here he meets Jesus and he's knocked off, you know, his steed, he's blinded by this light. He hears this voice and, you know, why are you Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And mm -hmm. he's like, well, who are you? Mm -hmm. I'm Jesus. And I, and I, I love that. It, it, it just says, I'm Jesus, mm -hmm. I believe. It doesn't give us, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, I, you know, just I'm Jesus, mm -hmm. and uh, it's like the uh, when you give a bio of yourself for work or whatever. Yeah. If you have more words or more descriptions, that means you're probably not as important as <laughs> when you yeah. have just like CEO there, yeah. like yeah. founder, like th those yeah. just couple mm -hmm. words kind of tell the whole story. Exactly, and then when you have one word like I'm Michael and you're Michael <laughs> Jordan or, yes. or, or LeBron, you mm -hmm. know, or or yeah, who can I say I'm Andre Vasilevsky. <laughs> um, so. You know, hey, I'm Jesus. But I love this, Brooks, is he says, you know, you're per persecuting me. Mm -hmm. And uh, listen, Casey Cornerland, just rejoice that when the church, when God's people are persecuted, Jesus feels it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he didn't say, hey, you're persecuting my people. You're persecuting my church, although that was true. Mm -hmm. He's saying, you're persecuting me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that. And, uh, you know. Um, he'd be blind for a while, and and uh, what's the guy's dude's name? Ananias. What was Ana it? Yeah, Ananias. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. That is kind of scared to death. Like, oh Lord, man, you don't want this bad guy. This mm -hmm. guy's not good. Mm -hmm. And they, the other apostles were like, "Are are we sure? Like this yeah, guy yeah, was persecuting yeah. us yeah, yeah, yesterday." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this it? But you know what it says? Immediately he went into the synagogue and mm -hmm. started to prove mm -hmm. prove that Jesus was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And you you know talk about. Talk about the power of a testimony. You mm -hmm. know, he went there to kill him. Now he's proving, hey, you guys are right. We're so right that Jesus, I'm proving that he is the Messiah. Yeah, and already was a two or three weeks into this Bible study and just Matthew and Acts, that word immediately has probably come up already nine or ten times in different ways, like yeah. Saul preaching the gospel, or when Jesus heals someone, they immediately stand up, yeah. or when uh, uh, disciples are called, they immediately follow him, and that and the fact that they use that same word every time is interesting. Very interesting point, Brooks, and I think that you'll find when we get to the Gospel of Mark, that's a word he always uses. Mm -hmm. He uses that word immediately more than any other gospel writer, so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I mean, no room for training. It's not like, oh, I went home real fast or got a change of clothes. Like, <laughs> nope, he stood up and, and went. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I agree. And then we went into the Psalms. Yeah, we right? can go to the are Psalms. We, are we ready to the Psalms? We're, we're so ready. What numbers were we about? We were about like uh, nine I, through... I think it? nine through 15 or 16. Um, yeah. You know, I, and I, I love nine so much. Um, let me start with that. It was like, I when I think of Psalm 9, it starts off with, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. As I recount all your wonderful deeds, and so it's just kind of like 
I think it's where God wants us to live. It's like, God, I'm so grateful. I give thanks to you as I recount all your wonderful deeds. And I think of his deeds of creator, his deeds of redeemer, his deeds of sustainer. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, and how do we not be thankful? Mm-hmm. And then he's going to say, you know, we, we should really exalt him. We should sing his praises and all these things we'll do because of who he is and what, how worthy he is. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. But let me also say, even in the, the ones we read, Brooks, it's a reminder of what those who went before us, like Calvin, it's the whole range of emotion. The Psalms are the whole range of emotions. Or um, I, I read just yesterday uh, a John Stott commentary on the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and he was talking about how Luther said that the Bible, the Psalms are like a mini uh, Bible, you know, mm-hmm. just like uh, all right there. And I think we see that in Psalm 9, you have this, I'm praising God with my whole heart. And then you get to Psalm 13, where he's wondering, oh man, um, where are you, O Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, how oh, long, yeah. O Lord? How long? Are you going to forget me forever? I mm-hmm. mean, how long are you going to turn your face from me? How long must I just in my soul just be grieving? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, how long? And so as a pastor, I, I love the fact that the Psalm gives us voice to our emotions and feelings. And God's big enough for us to question you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, I went into the hospital and, and I saw uh, a pretty young mom. I mean, she's in her 60s battling for her life with stage four breast cancer. I mean, and the story's kind of chilling. That she was with family and friends at Thanksgiving. Everything seems fine. And then December 1st falls over with numbness in her legs. And they discover a tumor in her back that that, that breast cancer had metastasized. That's the stage four to other things. And now she's fighting for her life and being able to go into the ICU and saying to the family, hey, you're going to have questions and God's big enough to handle them. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to pretend like you're not upset. You don't have to pretend that you don't understand. And a lot of times we feel like we got to hide from God the way we really feel because we got to approach him in this like religious posture, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we got to be respectful. And of course we do. But I love the fact that David's voice in Psalm 13 is going to say, Man, he's just he's just spitting it out. You mm-hmm. know, he's just like, what the heck? Yep. Yeah, it reminds me, I'm going to butcher the story, and you'll help me out here. Um, the Pharisee and then the, the guy that's pounding his chest on his knees, like, uh, just have mercy on me, oh yep, Lord, I'm, I'm a knucklehead. Yeah, yeah, have mercy on me, a sinner. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus would say one of them would go away, you know, forgiven, mm-hmm. uh, and one wouldn't. And uh that Pharisee says, oh, I'm glad I'm not like that knucklehead. Mm-hmm, but, exactly. But yeah. by the end of uh, Psalm 13, even after asking how long, why have you forsaken me? It ends with, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Yeah. So even within that same Psalm of when he's crying out and asking how long, um, he, uh, he's, I, he, he's still trusting him. I, I, I love it, which I, which I love it. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, well, we have a lot to get to in Genesis. And we do. And let, let, me, let me say, by the way, and I, and I forgot this, this will be just one quick thing. And back in, 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 in Psalm 9, I love this. It's those who know your name um, and what, what, how gracious it is of God to reveal his name. Trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Mm-hmm. And here we are this whole year, I right, talking about seeking the Lord, first things first. And that, you know, he'll never forsake those who say, hey, I'm out after you. All right, let's get into Genesis. <laughs> to Genesis we go. To Genesis we go. And we, and we meet some uh, interesting characters here. Uh, we left off with Isaac, and then now he has uh, two sons, Jacob and Esau. Well, you know, uh, remember, 
We're, Genesis is going to start off with God creating everything. You got this big picture of heaven and earth being created. It's going to focus in on Noah, and then it's going to go out to the table of nations, and then it's going to kind of focus back in on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And mm-hmm. then, and from chapter 12 to the end of the book, it's going to be about one family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's going to be Joseph at the end. But, but uh, you know, it's it's interesting to me, when you have this, uh, you have a lot of interesting twin stories in the Bible. And you have, uh, so uh, Isaac uh, is born, Isaac, uh, um, and, and Isaac is going to have uh, uh, a beautiful connection to his w- w- wife, Rebecca, and how, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is don't marry a foreign woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, go back and get get somebody. Um, but God said, okay, Rebecca, you two are going to be barren. Another interesting story. Seems a lot of like these women were barren for a while and something miraculous happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to have Isaac um, and, and Isaac, uh, uh, This, uh, I guess that's, that's actually, I'm sorry, Abraham and Sarah had Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to have uh, children. You're going to have Jacob and Esau. Um, you're going to have twins. They'll mm-hmm. tell them the names. And the younger is going to serve um, the the, uh, the the older is going to serve the younger. Mm-hmm. Um, the blessing is going to go to the younger, which is Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, but as they emerge, you have Esau. Esau I think is the guy that you and I'd hang out with. Mm-hmm. He loved the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Really good hunter. Manly guy. Brought manly, back game for his family. Manly dude. He smelled like the outdoors. You know, <laughs> Jacob. It said he stayed stay close to his mama. Mm-hmm. So you have a mama's Big boy. Big time mama's boy. Who who was born grabbing his brother's heel. Mm-hmm. You know, which which is his name means deceiver. Mm-hmm. His whole life he's been a deceiver. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Esau, who's just like this bad, you know, warrior. outdoorsy guy. You know, he, he just looks like a Bass Pro commercial. Yeah, he's a Bass Pro commercial. He's got if you've that, ever seen like Luke Combs, you know, wearing a flannel, big yeah. beard. Yeah, he's got a snapback on. You know, <laughs> and, and so uh, you know that's Esau. And Isaac, you can understand Isaac kind of had a propensity to go toward Esau. You know, mm-hmm. he. He related to that, and he loved it. And it, and it's interesting because at the end of Isaac's life, he's driven by tasty game. He mm-hmm. loves he loves the taste of what uh, Esau could make. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna die. I can't hardly see anymore. Go get some tasty game so I could give you my blessing." Now remember, he was acting forgetting God. God said the blessing's got to go to the younger one. Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, no, I, I like this Esau better." And so, you know, all of a sudden you, you have uh, this incredible Rebecca st- stepping in and saying, okay, let's put together another deceiving story. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's troubling to me, Brooks. I mean, it's almost like, come on, man, you give your blessing. To, why do you have to go through this, like, you know, putting the, the skin of mm-hmm. a goat on his hands, mm-hmm. dressing him in Esau's clothes? Mm-hmm. I mean, who are you? He even lies. I'm Esau, mm-hmm. your firstborn. Okay, come here, boy, because you sound like Jacob. And uh, he's like, uh, yeah, but you smell like Esau, you know, and, and you know, you, know, you feel like Esau. So, okay, I'll give you the blessing. And so he pours out this blessing as God intended. So you got to see God's hand here on this. Um, and he gets it. And then Esau comes in and my heart breaks for the guy. He's like, oh, father, is it, have you left nothing for me? Mm-hmm. And I want to say, it's just, in my mind, it sounds so, it's so foreign. It's so odd. Like, how can those words, I gave my blessing. It's almost like. Well, really? I mean, well, give your blessing to me too. I know. I mean, like, like, well, take it back. You know, I mean, I mean, just pull that one back and and put it on me, plant one here. And Mm -hmm. he couldn't do it. And so I I guess I want to end with this, this thought, with this, this section and say, Mm -hmm. I don't fully understand it. It seems weird to me. 
but I see God's hand where he said, this is how it's supposed to be. And Jacob's not a guy that even Isaac, you know, even Abraham, I mean, these are knuckleheads, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and they are knuckleheads. And then Jacob is going to, Jacob is basically going to run from Esau and, and, uh, He's going to have that Bethel, that rock, you know, the the, uh, the beautiful tower to heaven, you know, the ladder to heaven, which there's so much we could talk about. Mm-hmm. But he's conditionally, he's like, hey, God, if you bless me, when we come back here, I'll, I'll be your, I'll be your boy. Mm-hmm. He, he's not even saying I'm your boy. I mean, he mm-hmm. has this experience. I mean, Jacob, Jacob is a heel. That's mm-hmm. that's what his name means. And it wasn't until he would wrestle with God that he'd get it. But mm-hmm. anyway, well, let me let you jump in. And, and the fact that it wasn't just him being the ce- deceiver too. It was him and his mom. Kind of, They were on the same team and, and wanted to trick their father. It wasn't just the kid you know, playing jokes or whatever, or trying to trick his dad. It was the mom jumping in too and helping out. Yeah, and, and you know, you want to say, okay, is the mom being righteous because she knew what God's promises were? Or mm-hmm. She's being selfish because she likes her mama's boy? I mean, it's... I think that's probably all true, but God's hands unfolding. And you think even the trickery, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so, you know, Jacob is going to go and fall in love with Rachel and say, oh, man, you know, she's a hottie. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work Laban for uh, you, uh, which is an amazing Rebecca's brother. Um, his so That's his uncle. Um, I'm going to work for you for seven years for this, this beautiful girl. And mm-hmm. then when it finally comes up that he's going to get her. They do the old switcheroo, and mm-hmm. he gets Leah instead. You know mm-hmm. who? They say her eyes aren't that pretty. I mean, she's <laughs> she's not as lovely. And and how do you be that drunk on your wedding night that you don't know that this isn't yeah. the right woman? I mean, come on, <laughs> the girl dude. you've been working seven years yeah. for didn't, didn't all, even bat an eye. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, I got to know. Wake up with her, like, oh man, this isn't it. <laughs> but then he he works another seven years. I think he got Rachel right away. Yeah. By the way, and, which uh, I didn't realize that till I read it this time. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought it was like work seven years, married Leah, had to work another seven years, married Rachel. But no, this time, I, I didn't know if I misread yeah. it. No, no, you got it. Okay. And so, Work seven years, get Leah, and then pretty much the week later, mm-hmm. you know, spend a week with, with Leah and then get Rachel. And then again, that whole sibling rivalry that would pull in, mm-hmm. you know, the other two women that uh, both of their their servants that would basically help populate the 12 tribes, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Yes. And then you got this whole crazy story of him working for Laban and saying, hey, listen, you can pay me, although you're changing my wages all the time. Just give me the spotted mm-hmm. animals, you know, and then that he takes the stick and strips it down, the poplar and the spotted ones. And, mm-hmm. and I want to say another crazy story. Yes. It's like, God, do you know that this makes you sound crazy? <laughs> <laughs> do you know that this, this, this is where the story takes one of those? And if it was like a C.S. Lewis doing Narnia, we could see it. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's like seriously... But again, do I walk by faith and say, yeah, this is God's hand? Do I think that the bark, stripped down bark, poplar, spotted things that they'd put in front of the strong animals make them? uh, No, but I think God somehow they did what they could, but God's hand was behind all of it. Mm -hmm. So, so. And all this to say, to zoom out a little bit of, uh, the Bible is full of crazy stories. It's, it's not what we keep saying, but it's not an encyclopedia stories. where like, oh, this went wrong in my life, or this is how I do this. Yeah. It's a story of a, a bunch of broken people and, and how their brokenness was used in God's story. And I think, Brooks, it's going to be like, do we walk by faith? I mean, mm-hmm. it's there's going to be times where, 
There's some stories. There are not only crazy stories. I mean, just head scratchers. Like, okay, what do we do with this? Mm-hmm. You know. And we just uh, got started. There's yeah. way more in the oh, Old yeah. Testament. Yeah, to get let's to. exactly. Let's just hold <laughs> off there. But, but let me say when when Jacob is coming home and kind of terrified of meeting with Esau, um, and he spends the night uh, wrestling with the, the angel of the Lord, uh, asking for the Lord's blessing. That that that's really intriguing. There's so much there. Mm-hmm. You know, he he wrestles with the angel of the Lord and prevails. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does that look like? And yet the angel of the Lord is going to touch his his hip mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, somebody who's had his back touched the way you mm-hmm. have, and you know that that's, that's put something permanent on you, Brooks, mm-hmm. and, I, and my heart hurts for you. But Jacob was a better man limping than he was beforehand. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there was a final surrender to God. There was a final, um, you know, uh, a guy named Henry Cloud wrote a book, Leading with a Limp, that looked at this story of like, you know, leaders who who have a limp, leaders who are humble, leaders who are broken, are stronger leaders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jacob is going to be uh, a big part of, you know, through him are going to come to 12 tribes. You got to be battle tested. And, and yeah. just in today, we saw Saul definitely battle tested and persecuted the church and, and, and it ended up being an apostle. Jacob tricked his whole family, tricked his brother, tricked his father and, and ended up being better for it. Yeah, which is which is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. It just is it's so good. So the story is rich. And I think we're getting up to Joseph. I think uh, we won't mention it till next week. But mm-hmm. uh, again, it's uh, it's going to be really focusing in on this this uh, this family. I mean, mm-hmm. from chapter 12 with Abraham, then Isaac and Jacob and his 12 sons. Uh, wow. Uh, what, what a story. Incredible stuff. Uh, stuff. Anything for uh, uh, what you meant to say? I know we hit on it a little bit in the beginning. Anything no, I think else? we got that. And maybe a little bit of what, what I hope to say is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's last week we were in Matthew 6. This week we're actually going to go back to the Beatitudes. And it's kind of, it's it's entitled uh, Rewriting the Goals. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what would it be like to reach a goal and realize you got the wrong one mm-hmm. or you pursued the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And I think what really Jesus is doing in the Beatitudes is he's rewriting the goals and the goals aren't religious or irreligious. The goals are gospel. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? So I'm real excited about it. Um, um, you know, um, looking forward to it. So uh, there's only two weeks left of this little series of uh, first things first, but Looking forward to it. Well, 2023, first things first. Just get the year started off. Exactly, which is uh, which is so important. And then we'll get you married off. But that's a yes. whole other story. Yes. So, um, but you know, and then this week we've cra- we've cranked back out our KC groups, and mm-hmm. I know you guys, the twenty something, started last night, which yep. was great. And thank you so much. And uh, I'm excited because I, Katie and I are doing a new group in Longwood, and. Uh, I think we originally had like one person sign up mm-hmm. and I started texting people saying, Hey man, will you want to join? And I mean, we're up to like 15, you know, it's just <laughs> amazing. The power of an invite. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're excited about that. Um, the Myers are going to host in Altamont Springs and, uh, the Talbys are going to host in, uh, Baldwin park. And, uh, yeah. So here we are. We're off and running. KC groups are a good time. You know, last night you're obviously uh, do some icebreakers, catch up because we took last semester or whatever you want to call it off from KC groups and yeah. went through it. But then afterwards, you know, we all just hung out. And uh, I know Amy and your daughter, Allie, were talking about Allie Beth Stuckey, their oh, favorite yeah. podcaster and yeah. writer. And it's a good way to catch up with like-minded Christians. Yeah, You know what? It's a great. I'm glad you brought that up because 
when Allie got home, she was excited for the KC group, but she loved talking to Amy. Yes, so was, yes, they were awesome. they were going. I called them uh, Beth heads. Uh, mm-hmm. If you if you've ever you know this is, should be your first go to podcast, <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah. Allie Beth Stucky does have a great one. You know, and I'm I'm uh, I'm really impressed because uh, I love seeing Amy and and Allie's just longing for the Lord, and, mm-hmm. and I, it's a beautiful thing. And you know, my daughter Jessie uh, uh, told me to get a book called. Um, uh, love of Orthodoxy. Uh, I think I got it in here somewhere. Um, but <laughs> you got a big stack of books in front yeah, of you. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, with that all said, she she read it. She listened to it, and so mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, I, I love the fact that you know we're digging in, and we have godly women who are digging in as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, Allie did mention Amy, and I'll get the exact name of it. A free audiobook um, platform that you can hook up to your library card, which oh, instead yeah. of having to use Audible and pay for oh, credits and all stuff, it's, all that it's, stuff. It's, it's great. It really is. But, you know, I, she's in the car more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame her on getting going in the car. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't you see. He's still it. trying to find the book. But there's there's roughly, if I'm guessing, M&M's in a jar right now. There's 25 books on this coffee table. Yeah, right it's here. ridiculous. So, anyway, yeah. Any, anything else before we get out of here? Brooksy, you the man. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't think of anything. So uh, awesome. Um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's January. Jump in, um, and God bless you for journeying with us. So thanks for listening today. Yep, we'll see you guys Sunday. Blessings, everybody.